Hi and welcome back. So we're now moving on to Summer Dalty's Belief Change as the final part of our Summer Dalty's unit, unit four. And Summer Dalty's Belief Change is a very powerful way to help someone who has limiting beliefs. It's important to note that any time we have a limiting belief, there must be a limiting decision which has preceded it. Each time a limiting decision was adopted in the past, a limiting decision preceded the acceptance. So our beliefs are what is true for us. Now you'll be able to spot a limiting belief when it's described as anything that you can't feel, like I don't feel happy or excited. When you hear a negation, I don't feel loved, I can't do this, I'm not capable of feeling anything. I can't make an enough money. When there's an invisible comparison to something, someone else or within the self, I wish I could make more money. I have low self-esteem. I'm not good enough. Even statements like, I want to feel better about myself. Any doubt someone has about themselves, where someone isn't at cause for something that they're doing and give it a, a label, I am. Many physiological issues have their roots in limiting beliefs and limiting decisions, as do people who have repeated accidents. Once you've built up rapport, the question that you ask here is, when did you decide that? Now, if we take a look at page 43, we can take a look at what limiting believe what limiting beliefs are so they're beliefs that are true for us they operate at an unconscious level and they're generalizations about our actions we think that our beliefs are true and we also act as if they're true some beliefs serve as well and yet there are other beliefs that hold us back and by changing the some modalities of the internal representation of a belief, we can actually change the meaning of that belief. And the submodality belief change negates a limiting belief that we have and installs a new empowering opposing belief. So if we take a look at the process of what we do when we do a limiting belief, some modality belief change. The first thing that we do is get a picture of the belief that you'd like to change. And there may be a core belief underneath the initial belief. So you can also ask for what purpose until the most generalized belief is elicited. So, for example, someone may say to you, I'm no good at marketing myself. And that's a negation. So what we can ask there is, first of all, when did you decide that? And that gets them to really think about when they decided that. And then for, by asking for what purpose do you have that belief, then you can actually take it up. And quite often it, it goes with statements like, I, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not enough. I've got low self-esteem. Um, I believe my abilities are limited. 
I have limited abilities. All of those things are limits within that particular belief. So you get the most generalised belief, first of all, then elicit the submodalities of that belief. Then you're going to get the picture of the belief that they used to have, the belief that you are no longer four, for example, or 14. I am four is a belief that they no longer, somebody would no longer have um, unless they were four or 14, of course. And the location of the internal representation of that particular be belief has to be completely different from the first picture that they have of the belief that they want to change. The next stage is to map across, is to do a contrasting, um, to map across the submodalities of the limiting belief to the submodalities of the belief that they used to have. So you change all of those submodalities across from the limiting belief that they have to the belief that they used to have so first the first thing that that does is it shakes up the belief it gives it a completely different internal representation then what we do is we test that because the original picture will have been scrambled um, so we test that it's been scrambled and test how that sits with them Then number five, we then get the picture of a belief which is absolutely true for them, a universal belief. Now, we've we've done lots of different types of universal, universal beliefs in the past. Um, the world is spherical, but then very often you find that there are some people who believe the world is flat. Um, that the green light on a traffic light system means go. And in some countries, that necessary that isn't necessarily the case. So there's lots of different versions of this that that we've looked at before, but we we came to a conclusion that water is wet is something that wouldn't be disputed, and would be a universal belief for a lot of people. So you can then elicit the submodalities of water is wet then get the picture of the empowered belief <coughs> ramp it up with enhancing language and what we mean mean by enhancing language say for instance their initial belief is i'm not good enough then if you said that the pick the empowered belief is i am good enough well, the unconscious mind doesn't recognise good enough. Enough, what does enough mean? Enough means different things for different people. So the empowered belief might be I'm amazing, incredible. I can do whatever I put my mind to. I believe in myself. So it, the empowered belief, you ramp it up with all that enhancing language to to make it seem so exciting so that when they get their internal representation in their head it's the most exciting thing ever but to be able to change that empowered belief 
and make sure that they actually do believe change we they do actually believe it we need to map across and do do a contrastive analysis and map across to how they hold the internal representation of the universal belief because that is absolutely true there's no arguing with that so all you're going to do is as soon as they've got that internal representation is straight away map across the submodalities of that of the belief which is absolutely true for them using the words make it in front of every submodality so regardless of the fact of whether their picture of the empowering belief is, is already colour and we don't know because we're not going to elicit those submodalities all we're going to do is say make it colour make it bright and make it as bright as you can make it near make it and so we put the words make it in front of every single submodality all the way down through the uh, auditory submodalities and all the way down through the kinesthetic submodalities and once we've finished doing all of those we're going to test and check the congruency with the new belief so um, if we turn over now to page 44, which is the submodalities belief change script. What we need to do is go through this submodalities belief change. So we'll go through this now. So once you've built up the rapport, the question that is asked, what did you when did you decide that? And then for what purpose? So you get the most generic overriding limiting belief that they have then the belief that is no longer true and then map that across the next thing that makes some modalities belief change work is the elicitation of universals when you work with someone and shifting their experience how are we going to shift that experience in what manner or what direction are we going to shift that experience now here's something that's really interesting if you take a look at your submodalities checklist and hook up a set of submodality distinctions here to a set of submodalities that are sort of blah or nothing at all, then the submodalities that you change it to, <clears throat> the results that you'll get will also be blah or nothing at all results. You can imagine that, right? So if you hook it up to a really powerful set of submodalities, which is the universal experience for that person, then what's going to happen is your results will be far better. In other words, you want to hook up the final results to something that has got some juice, something that's got some push. Now, a universal experience is generally a generalised experience of the person, which means it's got a lot of meanings. And the truth is that that will invoke a universal experience for them probably even if they've never had one. For example, Erickson used to use the notion of learning how to read. He used to say, now, when you were a child and you learned how to read, how did you tell the difference between a P and a Q or a B and a D or all of those different letters? And yet soon you were reading whole words and soon you're reading whole sentences and then whole paragraphs and entire books. So what it does is it causes a person to go back and remember something which they may even remember if they've never had the memory, they've never had to remember the memory consciously.
so why we use the water is wet is that a belief that is true for almost everyone i mean do you have a belief in your past about yourself which when you had it it was true and now it's no longer true and that's something that's in the past for example i'm seven we've got here i am four we've got on the page i'm 14. some people think how about the sun coming up and now the question of course is that you want to ask is how do you know that and when you think of that do you have a picture and now that will be a real powerful set of submodalities and it's something which you believe in is something that you believe is absolutely true it's absolutely certain something which has got a certain amount of certainty that goes with it we can turn that picture up and make it the most compelling image as well if we can get that submodalities that set us up where we have that absolute certainty for that person what will happen is is the person will create a very powerful set of submodalities with some juice So, one of the things that Tad James talks about is working with businesses. And in particular, he describes a guy who was always late to work. So he said to him, okay, so you're at the traffic lights and the light turns green. Do you go? And the guy says, yes. So Tad says, do you always go? And the guy says, yes. So Todd says to him, well, what do you think of going? Do you have a picture? And the guy says, yes. So Todd, Tad elicits the summodalities of that picture. Now, the problem that this guy has, has got a project that he was supposed to have started at work pretty and, and, and he was delaying it. So Tad said to him, when you think of that project that you need to get going on, do you have a picture? The guy says, yes. So Tad changes the summodalities of the picture that the guy has of the project to the subordinates of the green go light and the results were incredible. The next day the boss stopped Tad and pulled him aside and said, I don't know what you've done, but you're certainly a magician because this guy is going on with this project like a house on fire. You see, we're not really magicians, that's just NLP, but the fact is it makes people look really almost magical in terms of the ability to get people moving on projects and get them moving on things that they believe that they can't do. So finding a universal set of drivers, finding those drivers which are universal and putting them together is what really makes the submodalities work. So let's, let's just have a look at this. So what we're going to do we'll just go through the script now so the first thing after you've established rapport is you're going to discover a limiting belief that the client wishes that they do not have and all you're going to do is write it at the top of column one then a belief which the client has which is no longer true i am four and write that at the top of column two find out what that universal belief is and water is wet for example and pop that at the top of column three and then finally what their empowering belief is and agree some words what you're going to have around that so that that picture that they have is actually the most exciting picture for their that empowering belief that they currently hold always ask the question 
is it okay with your unconscious mind to make this change today and for you to be aware of it consciously? And then re-ask the question, can you think of a limiting belief about yourself that you wish you didn't have? Good, what is it? And as you think about that belief, do you have a picture? Then elicit the submodalities of that limiting belief into column one. It's important to break state here so that you get rid of that picture and move them away to a, a totally different picture. You know I always use do you smell popcorn but again as we've talked about before you can use here things like what you're having for tea tonight or whatever it is that you know is going to get that person thinking of something different so pre-framing the client as as to what's going to happen there so that when they come to that they do have a picture is really helpful then you're going to do the belief state that's no longer through true so you're going to ask them can you think of belief of a belief that used to be true and no longer is good what is it i am 14 or whatever it is good and as you think of that old belief that that i am 14 do you have a picture where is that old belief now and you can insert whatever age they put there or whatever is no longer true for them elicit the modalities of that belief that they used to have in column two and break state do you smell bacon? Now you're going to do your contrastive analysis and mark the differences, put arrows between the submodalities of the limiting belief and the belief that they used to have. And then map across. So ask them to bring back the picture of the limiting belief that you have. And then you're going to change the submodalities of the limiting belief so that they're the same of the submodalities of the belief that they used to have. Now, actually, you only need to do the modalities of the visuals at this point, because everything else will follow a little bit like if you're the driver of the bus and you change just the, the main driver or the visuals that are in there. If you change that one thing and remember, we said that location has to be different. So if you change just the location within the visuals, for example, then everything else would follow a little bit like the driver on the bus being the location turning the wheel of the bus to turn around a corner and all of the rest of the bus with all of the rest of the passengers follow in that same direction so we only need to change one um, but if it's not too powerful then we may need to do the whole of the visual so it really is important that we get a good location distance for that then we're going to test that now what do you think of that old belief it will have shaken up that old belief. So they may kind of go, uh, well, it, it feels a bit better or whatever. Whatever they say there, just to test that something has changed. And then we're going to ask them about the universal belief. Can you think of a belief that is absolutely true? Like, for instance, water is wet. Do you believe that? Good. What is it? Another one that you can use here, it's good to breathe. As you think about that belief, do you have a picture? And then elicit the submodalities of the belief, which is absolutely true, all the way down column three. Now, the important thing here is that if there are no visuals, then you put a line through the visuals. If there are no kinesthetics, you put a line through the kinesthetics because you're going to ask that for all of them anyway. The important thing here is when you come to ask them, 
the next question, once you've broken state again, when you ask them the next question, can you think of a belief that you want to have, which is the opposite of the belief in number one? Good, what is it? As you think about that belief, do you have a picture? Ramp up those massive things in there so their picture is amazing. And then by saying make it, read out every single submodality of the universal belief with the words make it in front of it. When we come to the... The, uh, the auditory and the kinesthetic submodalities, if there are no auditory submodalities, it's important to say, and if there are sounds within your internal representation, your empower, empower, empowering belief, make it so that there's no sounds. If there are no feelings within your empowering belief, make it so there are no feelings. If you've elicited that there's no feelings, that's really important because you're making sure that it, it is exactly the same submodalities for the universal belief to what the empowering belief is. Now, if, for example, there are some auditory sounds and there's a location and a size and, dis uh, and direction that it's traveling in, etc., you must make sure that the empowering belief, the submodalities that you're mapping across and say make it, include those locations directions etc same with the kinesthetics if there are kinesthetics within the universal belief then when you are mapping across and re you read out every single submodality within the kinesthetics so that all of those when you say make it all of those um, submodalities are totally mapped across to the other now it's useful to say here break state again as for some reason that's not on the script and then we're going to test it and the test that we do is now what do you believe and they'll then they may be shaken up a little bit here now now what do you believe well, i believe that x y and z but then you calibrate and remember calibration is making sure that you really check it out next to how they were right at the beginning and you ask the question why do you believe that you have this new belief because you're checking for a congruent answer to cement the new belief in so it's really important that you use your sensory acuity to make sure that the answer that they give you is completely congruent and cements the new belief in now, there's an old Zen story that sums up perfectly among without tending his vines near a path which led from the mountain village down to the valley village. And one morning, a traveller came whistling down the path and saw the monk. And he said, excuse me, I'm heading to the, to the valley village below. Do you know what it's like down there? And the monk said, have you just come from the mountain village? And the traveller confirmed that he'd just come from, from there. And the monk asked, what was it like up there in the mountain village? And the traveller replied, it was wonderful that people were warm and friendly and the children were full of life and curiosity. It was just great. And the monk replied that, I think you'll find it's pretty much the same down in the valley. Satisfied, the traveller went happy on his way. A little while later, another traveller came trudging down the same path. And he too saw the monk and asked him what the valley village was like. And the monk said to him, have you just come from the mountain village? And unfortunately, yes, 
was the se was what the second traveller said. What was it like there? asked the monk. And the traveller said it was just awful. People were rude and unfriendly. The children were wild and unruly. I couldn't think fast enough and I couldn't leave fast enough. And the monk looked at him and said, I think you'll find it's pretty much the same in the valley. If you swap out one of those villages for an electronics store, you pretty much have the experience that people in the Circuit City um, would also have. And for instance, if you walk into a particular shop and this particular shop that, that we're talking about here is a shop called Circuit City. And when this woman used to walk in the shop, everything the staff were wonderful she always got lots of information she could ask loads of questions and a friend of hers always said i never have that experience in there circuit city is an incredibly awful shop so the woman said well come with me i always have a great experience strangely enough when she took her friend she walked into the shop and she noticed that people were rude and they were awful but again she went in by herself and it's interesting that when she went in by herself she got that amazing service that she'd always had so the beliefs that we have about certain things can change and it depends on our perception we've talked about perception is projection here so think about what you're projecting think about whether you believe that this belief change will work. If you fully embrace this, then this can be the most incredible thing to happen to you while you're on this course. And I know that you're all going to have some amazing experiences when you come to the live training and you get to do this belief change and practice this belief change with others that are on the course. And we come to the end of our submodalities series and later on we will cover the VK dissociation, the full VK dissociation and the full um, phobia, fast phobia cure. And they will be other things that you'll need submodalities with. Now you may also have found if you look at the goal setting unit, the unit three, you may also find that within the keys to achievable outcome, one of the questions on there, I think it's question number four, if you look at the keys to achievable outcome, one of the things that we can do on the keys to achievable outcome is actually to ramp up the most incredible picture of your goal and I just want to take you to that part of the um, keys to achievable outcome so it's page 34 that we're looking at and there's a no, so I do apologize it's question number three the bottom thing there it says make the internal representation dissociated and above that it says make it really compelling so the first thing that you're going to do when you go through the keys to achievable outcome and you get to question three, you get them to make sure that the goal that they've written is written as if now. And then you're going to go down your submodalities checklist there 
and you're going to use the summer darcy's checklist to make that picture the most compelling picture that they have and then the final thing that you do from that is you get them to step out of the picture to dissociate themselves from the picture so that's something that we've already gone through when we've looked at the goal setting module but here you'll notice that you'll have a greater understanding of question three now you understand some modalities and, and understand how you can make images more compelling internal representations more compelling so you can go back to your keys to achievable outcome now with somebody that you're practicing on uh, practicing with should i say you don't practice on people at all you practice with them so somebody that you're practicing with and you can now really do question three on keys to ach achievable outcome elicit those submodalities, change those submodalities to make them the most compelling and then dissociate from the picture. All the following questions then, how does that change the picture? How does that change the picture? And it will become a most amazing achievable outcome. So thank you for listening to the submodalities unit and I'll see you on the next one.